what's the deal bitches welcome to episode number 31 of the spun today podcast i'm your host tony ortiz thank you very much for listening i sound nasally as fuck right now because i came down with a cold but no worries you only have to listen to the intro and the outro uh with this fucking snuffleupagus type of voice because i did the entire recording of this episode while still in india like i uh, told you guys i would it's different from the India part one and part two episodes, which I, I recorded, uh, and I explained that a little bit during the recording, so it's going to be a pretty short intro. Uh, pretty much, I, I didn't record anything while over there until literally the, the last day, so instead of doing it like uh, piece by piece and um, putting the recordings together, I just gave you a rundown of the, the past uh, two weeks while I was over there, and that's what you're going to listen to. So in the interest of the episode being long because of that and me sounding like shit, I'm going to cut the intro short, especially because actually there's a couple stories that I remembered after the fact, after doing the recording that I left out. Um, And I'm just going to record that as part of the outro. Um, Two pretty cool stories that uh, I should have mentioned while doing the actual recording. So I'm going to leave that for the outro. I got an outro song um as well to play for you guys that i mentioned uh within the episode so without further ado here is my second trip to india uh in my experience uh over there and um this time i actually had a really 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 fun time this time last time i did as well but um this time it was uh, a little better i think it was only a, a two week span instead of three weeks and i did like less touristy shit um and i i feel like i got more of a a feel for the actual country and stuff like that so uh take a listen and let me know what you guys think what up bitches what's going on uh this is the spun today podcast i'm your host tony ortiz thank you very much for listening i'll most likely do an intro at least of like a very small intro um once i get back home uh, but I'm recording this in India, as I did on my previous trip. Now, the only difference is that this time I kind of did more, more, I went out a little bit more, so I wasn't able to, and I was here for a shorter amount of time, two weeks versus three weeks last time. Last time, if you guys remember, episode India part one, India part two, um, it was split up in into two episodes, and each one encapsulated like a different recording i would record like every two or three days four days just to just you know because i had everything fresh in my mind that's how i wanted to do it makes sense you kind of you know you don't have that um like hindsight bias when looking back on shit it's kind of like more in the moment um but you know the hindsight does add like a little bit of context to stuff so it's kind of cool either way i wanted to at least begin the recording uh, this time, you know, while still being here, and uh, if I don't finish it completely, because I have a lot, like, I wrote down a ton of shit, like, from the plane ride all the way to, you know, throughout, like, the entire trip, so as I read through my notes on my phone, I'll, um, you know, remember shit, and I'm sure I'll go off on about a thousand tangents, uh, so this is probably going to be a little bit longer than the other one, into, well, in terms of um you know just like doing it like in one shot type of thing so hope you guys enjoy it and it is my literally my last day here in india it's right now 
Thursday, October 1st, like 1.50 in the afternoon. I uh, got to go to work at 4.30 um, p.m. And then we're doing a half day, so we're leaving like at 11 p.m. Because then we have to come back to the hotel, finish packing, um, you know, do, you know, settle everything and and pretty much shower and change to, to go to the airport because our flights, we got to be there like at 5 in the morning. And that's pretty much it. So it's literally my last day here. Just finished having breakfast by the pool, which is pretty dope. Uh, had uh, an omelet with tomato, mushroom, and cheese, of course. I love cheese. What's an omelet without cheese? Um, and coriander, which I remember the first time I had it, it was like on the menu. I was like, oh, let me try this coriander exotic sounding thing. And then I go and I was like, oh, it's just pretty good. I wonder if they have it back home. And I Google it and it's just what they call cilantro. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Chicken sausage. Uh, you know, kind of hard to find beef sausage in India. Um, and also something called, one of my coworkers put me on to, called Muesli. I don't know if that's like a term from here or just like a general term, but it's like cornflakes with like, almonds and peanuts and raisins and and stuff like that and warm milk so it tastes similar to like an oatmeal but not exactly um which is pretty dope so uh yeah that was pretty much i had a pretty pretty good final breakfast here and i'm back in the room recording this and killing some time before having to get ready for work all right so let's start at the beginning i'm gonna start just like the other Last time, I'm going to like backtrack to way in the beginning, uh, the flight and, you know, that whole experience, which I loved last time, if you guys remember. Uh, we flew, uh, uh, lucky enough to fly business, business class via Etihad, which was, it's always like the number one or two like airline, supposedly, like in within that class. And you definitely felt it, like everything was like over the top, like dope. This time we went through British Airways and it wasn't bad, definitely. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's still like really good, but it's no, no Etihad. Um, also, it was like from, it's British Airways, but British Airways partner, or I don't know, however the fuck it works, but their partner from the US to London, because this time we had to fly through London instead of through Abu Dhabi. Um, is American Airlines and American Airlines sucks, but whatever. From American Airlines to London, I'm sorry, from New York to London, it was American Airlines, and then from London uh, to India, it's British Airways. And I think it's like the same shit in reverse. So, but there was pros and cons of each plane. Like the American Airlines one had some things better than the British Airways one and vice versa, but both of them combined still. Candle to the Sun versus Etihad. All right, so plane one, I'm reading my notes here, was good. Drinks and nuts a bit worse. And Canadian Club, Doors, and uh, Jack Daniels. Okay. So, yeah, the, the, remember the, I told you guys the nuts, no homo, <laughs> in the, the Etihad plane, they, you know, bring you like in a, a nice like porcelain dish with fucking, you know, it's warm like roasted nuts. Um, which was awesome. It went perfectly with with uh, with some whiskey. This in this plane, they 
just gave you like a like a bag a bag of nuts no was it this one no i think the second one had the bag of nuts this one had nuts also but i i don't know they like weren't warm and weren't i don't know they weren't as good uh the drinks also were definitely not as good the last time you know we had like glenn levitt uh johnny walker black you know like that level shit and this one had canadian club in terms of whiskey like i measure measure shit in terms of whiskey because that's what i drink um canadian club doers and uh jack daniels um the food wasn't as good let's see the the cheese and grapes are good two cheeses little pods it was better okay the so yeah the food wasn't as good um what i did like about it though is that they they kind of like portioned it like a restaurant style you know like they give you a salad first and they collect it then come back give you an appetizer collect it and then they did it like that so that that was pretty cool i like that part um but the actual like food of it you know it was still good it wasn't like frozen dinner fucking normal coach food um I had, what was it, on the first plane, like a turkey, like some sort of, like sauteed, not sauteed, like, uh, like it had some sort of like crust on it, like turkey, which is good, um, and a salad, and they gave, that was like the main course, like in between they gave cheese, uh, like three cheeses with grapes, which is dope, that's always like an awesome combo, um, and what else yeah I think that was that for the first plane then I uh, remember those like little care packages I mentioned the last time uh, for any of you that haven't listened there's uh, two other India episodes India part one and part two if you want to go back and listen then you know I go through pretty much the same exact shit but with the experience going through flying through Etihad so I'm gonna make some references back and forth for those of you in the know um this one the pretty much they give you like this little care package thing that has like a toothbrush in it and socks and fucking earplugs and you know fucking shit like that to like toiletries uh little cream soap like stuff like that the actual pouch that it came in in the american airlines one was was dope it was nicer than both etihad's one and and the one that we got in the british airways plane also um, it was like a like a cloth like material that you know has a, like a flap and folds over and then has like a like a like an elastic thick string around it like closing the flap is pretty dope it looks nice it's a gray and probably be able to, like that I'll probably be able to like reuse like even like just a pouch um, the Etihad one was nice and then it was like just like a little zipper thing though like a little um not cheap but like not amazing looking plastic or whatever and then the british airways one was just like a little plastic like linen kind of like drawstring type of thing like that material of those book bags that are like like a drawstring kind of thing whatever that material is so it was like that so the pouch was, was dope in the first plane um all right, so then when I get to London, like, that that whole experience, like, the airport is, like, super huge in Heathrow. And, like, I had to get off get off the the plane, obviously. 
um, you know, go through security and customs and all that shit, and then have to take go outside and take a shuttle bus, like which was like a ten minute ride, to like the other part of the airport, I guess, to transfer to the next airplane. And uh, I had time to kill. I had I think like five hours total to kill, and you know, oh wait, hold on a second. If I skipped the fucking the the business class like lounge shit. And the American Airlines business lounge is definitely not as good as as the other ones that I've been to. This one is it was kind of small and cramped, and it's more like a bar like type of setting. Like there's a bartender, and you have like a, they give you certain things like unlimited like beer and certain wines or whatever, and then everything else you have they give you like two. I don't know, like tickets that you could get, like any other drink, but only two of them. Anything else you have to pay for, you have to pay for all the food and like stuff like that. So I didn't really like that too much. Um, in you know, in comparison to, to like the other one. So it kind of spoiled me a little bit. I mean, obviously it's still you know free shit. So who doesn't like free shit? But um, like the other one, for example, just to give you a little bit of context, is everything was open and. You know, you grab whatever food you want, grab, you know, whatever bottles of water, fucking beers, you know, Guinnesses, Red Stripe, um, you know, uh, liquors. They had Red Label, um, uh, different vodkas and juices. And you just, you know, pour your, pour yourself, grab whatever you want, as much as you want. And you don't have to deal with anybody. I'm not a people person, if you guys hadn't known by now. Um, so, you know, just even those little exchanges of... You know, asking shit from, like, a bartender or whatever is, like, if avoidable, I prefer it. So, I guess that antisocial side of me didn't like, like, that setup at the American Airlines um lounge. So, that was before I left. So, then when I get to London, then that lounge was a little bit better. Still not as good as the the first one because it did have, like, all the foods and, and liquors and stuff like that that you just grab yourself. Um... And it, actually, it was good. It was good. The London, the London, the British Airways um, lounge, because it did have all that. It just didn't have like a uh, as wide a selection, I guess, of of like different foods and stuff. I didn't even eat anything there anyway. So it was full from the plane. Um, and uh, I didn't feel like drinking. You know, your your clock's like all fucking thrown off. It's like I left New York at like 10 p.m. I get to it was like a nine hour flight. So my body thinks it's like morning time, but it's like afternoon time in London or something. And, you know, it just didn't feel like drinking. Um, so I, I just had like some cranberry and orange juice mixed and you know, like that type of shit. Um, what else? But the lounge, it, it was it was dope. It was big. It was spacious. You know, people weren't like cramped up together. And like I said, you grab whatever you want. Um, had some coffee, had some like biscuits, and it was pretty dope. And I had like a like what like a five hour uh, layover. So, but by the time I went through customs and and you know the that shuttle ride and walked around the airport a little bit, went to like a few gift shops uh, to duty free also. Um, you know, just you know checking checking out how it looks and shit. Um, trying to look out the window to see if I see stuff, and I did see the infamous fucking fog of London, and you know it's like all cloudy and shit. Um, 
like they always say it is. And you know, but then by the time I went to to the lounge, I was in the lounge for like like three hours maybe, not even. Uh, yeah, probably, I would say like like two and a half, maybe three, maybe three hours. Cause then by the time I went to the bathroom, take a shit before going on the plane, and um, uh, you know, making my way to to you know load you know fucking what do they call it uh load yourself on the plane what's the fucking term for that shit um whatever to fucking get on the plane like before they take off um when they allow you to start checking usually like 45 minutes to an hour before i did that and then there was like a huge ass fucking wait um there was like runway traffic or something and then which was the pilot came on came on and said that it was gonna be like an hour and then he came back and said that they arranged something it's only gonna be half an hour then he came back again and announced that there's some sort of storm like in the trajectory that we were supposed to go in so it's gonna delay us an additional 45 minutes before we can leave and then whatever long story short we left like we wound up leaving like an hour late so we were on the plane um and let me see what else do I have. Foggy. Oh, the bathroom stalls in Heathrow were were pretty cool because they're they're private. Which I noticed, and even here in India, it's like that too. Like uh, the bathroom stalls, it kind of like closes completely. It's like a little door that actually doesn't, you know, not not like those flimsy fucking stalls that we have back home, like everywhere, where you know you fucking can see through the cracks and see everybody, and everybody could see you if they fucking decide to look. Um, so I like like that privacy of it. The um, and they're not like stalls like in the Heathrow airport at least in in that lounge it was it was like completely closed you know you have four walls it's like probably like a five by five like little room and uh, you know completely like closed up and private. Um, so we're on the plane. The plane, this plane, the second plane, had a better selection of liquor. They had uh, Johnny Walker Black. The, the, like, flight attendants were, were super nice. They were cool. Like, the dude, uh, one of the guys gave me, I asked him for Johnny Walker Black. He gave me the, you know, poured me one and on the rocks and then gave me uh, those little, like, mini bar bottles, gave me another one on the side. And everything's unlimited, obviously, but, you know, it was, like, a nice touch. Like, like just do that shit myself. And I have to, like, ask him again and stuff. So that was cool. And what else? Then, who else? The, there was a flight attendant lady that, she was from Spain. And, you know, it's a, a flight from India to, I'm sorry, from London to India. So not too many Hispanics on there normally i guess so she got excited to see like my last name and asked me if i spoke spanish and you know i told her i was dominican and that I had just actually came from there um when i just went uh, on a wedding and she was telling me how she's always wanted to go there and blah 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 and whatever she was cool so she she also like looked out and she was like really attentive the whole flight also and what else um so yeah the liquor was a little bit better the second flight had johnny walker black um, the mixed nuts sucked. Okay, so they sucked on the second flight because the other flight they weren't that good, but they were still like you know like in the dish and and whatever. This one was just like a bag of nuts, um, in a bag, so it wasn't that great. 
and I actually wound up dozing off and I missed the takeoff um, since, you know, we were waiting so long and I was just having a couple of drinks, you know, I was tired. I really didn't sleep too much in the first plane and it was like from New York to London, it was uh, like a seven, I don't remember if it was seven or nine hour flight. And then from London to India, it was like seven or nine hours, like whichever the other one wasn't. So one of them was seven hours, one of them was nine hours. I don't remember which one is which. So it's like good enough to sleep, but not great because, you know, especially if you're not like that tired and and stuff, as opposed to the Abu Dhabi one, which was a 13 hour flight. It's like on that one, I like watched movies and fucking still slept like fucking six hours or something straight. So this one was a little bit, like, tougher to to actually sleep. Um, so the first one, I maybe I slept, like, two hours, if that. And then the second one, same thing. But I wound up dozing off before we took off. And, like, the way I sleep, like, once I actually... Like, it takes me forever always to, like, fall asleep. Like, even, like, on a regular day-to-day. But once I fall asleep, I fall in the deepest fucking sleep ever. So nothing wakes me up. Um... Like, I literally, just to go off on a quick tangent, I literally slept through a fire that happened across the street from where I used to live, where three houses burned down, and, like, it was, like, a big fire. Like, unfortunately, a couple people died, and, you know, there were fire trucks, news, fucking trucks, like, mad noise. And, like, I slept through the whole shit. Didn't notice until I, I like, got up in the morning to, like, go to, go to school, or I think I was... Like, that was, like, back in high school. Or maybe to go to work or something. I don't remember. Um, But, yeah. I fucking sleep really deeply. Um, On the first flight, before getting to Heathrow, I saw... I watched one movie, which was Casablanca. I didn't... Like, the selection of movies... Not that they were bad, but I had seen, like... You know, they had, like, San Andreas and, you know... Uh, Fast Fast 7 or 8 or 13 whatever number they're up to for Fast and Furious movies um, so like the ones that I would normally like want to watch I had seen them already so um, I started looking through like classics and shit like that Casablanca is always like one of those movies that you always hear about but I had never seen it um, so I decided to watch it and it was pretty cool I liked it the Humphrey Bogart and and it was pretty dope it was black and white it was, it was cool I, like I see why it's a popular movie and so like timeless I guess like a timeless classic um and what else something else to oh the London airport is pretty fucking fancy too like in terms of like the stores that they have like there they have like these little you know how they have like little uh like boutiques or whatever in some airports this one had Louis Vuitton Burberry Rolex Gucci I wrote down a bunch of the stores uh, Cartier or Cartier, however you say it, too expensive for me to know. Uh, Tiffany, Prada, and shit like that. Um, so that was pretty fancy schmancy. And what else? I'm going through my notes here. So, second flight Johnny Walker Black, Better Liquor, Mixed Nuts Sucked in a Bag, Dozed Off, and Mr. Takeoff. And the food, all right, the food is pretty good. It was, um, um, and again, they did it like in the, the portion style. The, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? I used to be a fucking waiter. I can't think of 
the word um i'm trying to think of when they serve it in like different fucking uh portions i guess whatever they gave uh prawns which are really good um uh a nice salad with some like vinaigrette like type of fucking sauce on it um even though like i'm not big with with like any sauces on, on salads but i like like vinegary type type uh, dressings when when i do if not i just like like the salads raw um and i had british braised lamb and again the food food is pretty good definitely not like etihad status like looking like gourmet styles but definitely not um like coach tv dinner looking you know frozen food and you could like hear it and smell them like cooking it and like stuff like that um but yeah it was like somewhere in, be- in between the two i would say but it, it was good um let's see what else i post uh pictures of all this shit like the different foods and stuff like that no just like i did last time um i created like an album on facebook.com forward slash spun today if you guys want to check it out for the uh, first two episodes just uh you know just nothing like really concise just like uh pile together like all the different pictures and stuff like that so if you listen to the episode you'll see pictures you'll be like oh that's what he meant when you know he spoke about the fucking nuts or something because i take pictures of like a lot of shit um so i'll create an album for this trip also so if you guys want to check it out feel free um what else okay so i watched on the second flight i watched a couple of short films i watched three short films which I never, I don't think I've ever seen a short film before. And again, I went through the movies, like on the first flight, the second flight pretty much had the same shit. I didn't want to, you know, there wasn't anything that really grabbed my attention too much. So, um, I started going through like different weird sections that I normally don't don't go through and bumped into these short films, said why not? You know, each one is like, some of them are like eight minutes, 15 minutes long, you know, like shit like that. So I watched like three or four of them. Uh, one of them I just either went completely over my head or was just I don't know what the fuck it was so it like literally ended it like after like three minutes if that <clears throat> but there were two super dope ones and one which I I'll explain but I didn't really get it the first one uh, I wrote down here written and directed by Josh Soskin spelled S-O-S-K-I-N and it's called ongoing battles and then let me see what i wrote okay it's called ongoing battles and subtitles i think it's the subtitle because whatever under the title it said this so i'm guessing (laughs) by definition it's a subtitle but it said uh la carnada which means well i'll tell you guys what it means like at the end because that's how they end the the short film basically but it's it's like a spanish word but i guess like a mexican like mexican uh, dialect spanish so i have no idea what that meant uh la carnada but you guys will know by the end of this little synopsis of the movie so spoiler alert in case you don't want to know but if you do listen on it is so the movie starts out let me see what i wrote here about the little Mule boy that was there. Alright, so I remember. It starts off with this little kid, um, I would say maybe around 11, 12 years old. He goes into his mother's room, who is in bed. She has like a fever, you know, she's visibly sick. 
and the little kid says that i'm gonna go get your medicine he goes and he sees that her insulin is empty um so i'm guessing she's diabetic and he he tells her uh it's empty the you want me to go go to the pharmacy and get you get you more medicine and the mother says yeah go grab the money that's under the the sink you guys know anything about like hispanics and you know you know different different cultures it's heavier um, definitely, like, within Mexicans, they have, like, a lot of saints and, you know, Jesus crosses and, like, stuff like that, like, all around the house. And, like, um, you know, like, velone and, like, shit like that, which is, like, uh, I don't know, candles that are, like, in the, like, cylinder glass-looking thing. Um, that also has, like, you know, different baby Jesus and, like, stuff like that on it. So, the mother instructs the kid to go to that saint and take the money that's underneath it. And I guess that's where they stash their like family money, right? And it's like a poor you could tell it's like a poor poor neighborhood and poor family or whatever. So then the little kid goes, grabs the envelope, and then goes to the pharmacy. When he gets to the pharmacy, he opens it up, he opens up the envelope and sees that it's empty and there's like a note note in there. Oh wait, before, um he he the mother says, Yeah, but go to the pharmacy that your sister always goes to. And he says, okay. And then, you know, he grabs the, the envelope, goes to the pharmacy. When he gets to the pharmacy, opens up the envelope and sees that there's no money in it, but there's a note in it. He opens up the note, and it's a note apparently from his sister to the mother saying, I'm sorry, but I took the money. I promise I'll replace it. Tell Miguelito or whatever the little kid's name was, um, her brother, um, tell him that I love him. So I guess, well, not I guess, the little girl ran away from home. Or the girl, I don't know how old she is, ran away from home and, and, you know, took their money. So the kid's, like, in a pickle, and, you know, his mother's sick at home, his sister ran away. He doesn't want to, uh, I don't think he ever tells his, his mother, like, that part of it. And, or at least, you know, they don't show that. And, you know, he knows his mother needs fucking medicine, and they have no money. So he meets up with what they... I guess portray as like a like an older I don't know maybe probably like an older cousin or or you know somebody that he that he knows because uh, he was friendly with them and he buys them food and he's speaking to him and and that dude he's a uh, um he's into moving bricks he's one of those those uh, Mexicans and he. Uh, you know, he's telling the little kid, um, uh, you know, you can make some some quick money if you need it. You know, you know. Well, I well, the kid actually tells him that he needs money, and he and the guy's like, you know, well, what, what do you need money for? You should be out playing games or whatever. And then the kid's like, I have some responsibilities and some stuff I have to pay for. And you know, he's a, like a serious, like a stoic little kid. Um, and the guy's like, all right. And he was he was like, I can help you out. And just meet me at, at this time, at this place, whatever. And I'll go with details with you. And the little kid tells him, tells him, you know, the whole movie's in Spanish, by the way. But it has uh, English subtitles. Um, the little kid is like, you know, soy una mula. Telling, you know, the guy that, you know, he's not a mule, basically. For those of you that don't know, a mule is, you know, somebody that, like, carries drugs, like, over borders and shit like that. Whether they fucking, like, swallow little plastic things of of coke to have it like in their stomach and then shit it out or just literally like carry it like in fucking book bags or something and the guy's like no i know i know you're not um this is just to you know to help you out or whatever so just meet me and the kid's like all right fuck it 
um, so remember the kid's like 11 12 years old um he meets up with the the guy the next day and it's a really hot like scorching hot day like they show like different scenes of like a local police officer which is going to come into play a little bit later um and you know he goes to the store and like the clerk at the store is like it's really hot out there make sure you have your make sure you have water and he's you know he says he knows and you know everybody's like sweating throughout the whole movie so it's like really hot um and then so he's in the back of a van with the guy like his cousin or whatever let's call him his cousin and the little kid and like a couple more people were in there and he tells him all right this is your knapsack he pulls out the brick he's like so this is what's in here and you also have uh this flare gun which don't use the flare gun unless you absolutely need to and this is the way you use it you know put the flare in cock it back shoot it up in the air and you only use it like if you really get into trouble so this way i can see you and then i can go go find you and help you out um and then he then he gives him like a small bottle of water like literally like a regular fucking you know 16 ouncer and he's like i would i don't want to give you more water because then it's going to be too much for you to carry and it's gonna it's gonna weigh you down and you're gonna get more tired so conserve the water and um you know that's pretty much it when you get to the other side you'll see who you have to give the the pack to just give it to him and he'll give you the money and then you come back because so, he takes him to like the frontera to like the the border or whatever with it where they you know got across and shit from mexico over here i'm guessing to the u.s um well now i'm guessing yeah it definitely was the u.s um then so they show that cop that was in the convenience store um you know patrolling like his area he's like patrolling the border but just like driving around like seeing if he sees anything suspicious and just like being there i guess and then the little kid you know downs the bottle of water like within a fucking hour because it's like that scorching hot like he needs it and you know he's sweating he's sluggish he's you know getting feeling dizzy and faint already and then the like the older cousin is like on a walkie-talkie and somebody hits him up and is like yo what's going on uh how much longer and the impression that you get is that you know that's the dude that's waiting on the other side with the money and the 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 cousin is like relax you know he's a he's a strong kid you know relax um he's a he's a strong little little dude and then you wait a couple more hours it starts getting dark the kid the little kid faints and just falls like in the middle of the desert doesn't know you know which way is left which way is right and uh just knocks out and then he musters up enough energy and remember it's it's dark by this point the sun's gone down and he musters up enough energy to reach into the bag and shoot up the the flare so now you see the flare gun so then the cop that's patrolling on the on the u.s side he sees the flare and you know goes to the flare obviously sees this little kid and he's like oh my you know are you okay okay you know he he's not conscious he's breathing but he's not conscious and he goes through his bag and he sees that he has a brick in there and he's like oh my god what did you get yourself into and then he calls he calls it in like for backup and then um they hear like uh the cousin the older cousin like on the scanner or whatever hears you know all you know troops forces whatever you know go to this location to you know fly out the little kid and you know um they od with like that part of it i guess is not too realistic i, I wouldn't think they're gonna send 
fucking any and all uh you know cops and shit to that area for for one little kid and you know the, the way they made it seem in the movie like everybody was there um and then the cousin gets back on the walkie-talkie and says okay now you can go and then you see like the other like five or six other people that were in the in the van now they go to cross the border and the movie ends with uh the term la carnada like on the screen and then they define it underneath and it says live bait or in other words a decoy so that's what la carnada means so basically the little kid was a decoy all along the point was to allow him you know make him faint that's why they didn't give him any water and uh you know have divert the attention of all the cops and shit like that to then allow the dudes like moving like the real bricks uh, across the border and then the person that he was talking to on the walkie-talkie which was like you know don't worry you know he's a strong kid it, it wasn't in the sense of he's strong he'll make it it's like he's a strong kid that's why he hasn't fainted yet so I'll just give it a little bit while more um and that's how it ended and i thought that was pretty dope i enjoyed that one so if you guys want to check it out again it's written and directed by josh soskin s-o-s-k-i-n and it's called ongoing battles All right, the second one I saw is the one that I didn't get. Um, either it went over my head or or it was just fucking as horrible as I thought it was. And it was called, no offense to whoever made it, um, or those that made it. It was called Life in the City. And it was like, it looked like, you remember those those little clay fucking celebrity deathmatch fucking like clay figurines or whatever? It was like made out of that. Um... The, like, the first movie was, the first short movie was, like, real people. This one was, like, clay, clay shit, or whatever, clay actors, whatever you call that. And I don't know what the fuck it was about. And I wrote here, literally, over my head and or dog shit. Don't recommend. That one's called Life in the City, and I didn't write down who made it. Sorry. <clears throat> now, the third one was dope. Like, over the top dope. I literally wrote... Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, like seven different quotes from the thing. I watched it literally four times. Like, I, I saw it, I think, like twice back to back. Then a little while later, I was like, fuck, I gotta see it again. I watched it again. And then I wound up watching it again. And since I love you, motherfucker, so much, I. And, you know, I don't know how it came out, but I replayed it again just, like, and I put my, like, MP3 recorder, like, in the headphones, in the, like, noise cancellation fucking Bose headset that they give you, which is uh, a nice touch. Um, I put it in there, like, the MP3 recorder to see how it picks up the sound. I haven't tested it yet. Hopefully it picks it up, and I, I let, like, the whole shit play. Um, I'm going to explain to you guys what it's about or whatever, so it makes sense. Um, if it does like sound sound like good when I you know when I go home and upload it and and check it out, I'm gonna drop it in after I finish explaining it to you guys right now, uh, so you guys could listen to it. But I highly recommend it. Definitely check in check it out. Um, it resonated with me like on levels that I don't even know where it resonated 
with me at if that makes sense um and i'm sure that reading it again like other things are going to stand out to me because every time i saw it like it, it like impacted me like slightly differently and and connected with it so it's a film by and this one is like animated kind of like not kind of like south parky like animation you know what i mean like not like perfect fucking uh illustration but like you know purposely like done that way i guess um but it was dope it was really cool and i wrote down some quotes and i'll just read through them and see what else i remember and i tried to you know give like a little synopsis of of it <clears throat> so the film by anna Stefa stefaniak so stefaniak is spelled s-t-e-f-a-n-i-a-k and it's called feelings of longing about a dream so it's feelings of longing uh semicolon about a dream and it's narrated in a british voice which always sounds better right when you hear shit in fucking british voices it always sounds better i guess i don't know um to some some people find it annoying but it always sounds like more like intelligent and snooty or whatever um but yeah let me start by reading some of the quotes that i wrote down uh the first one i wrote here is a journey to get from one place to the other where the origin and destination are really important are rarely important many forget that i forget that then another quote is familiarity strangeness and the place in between the uncertainty and hesitation of trust I'm using how this is the only place which will not dissatisfy. There are no expectations to meet, no real fears to encounter. I enjoy this place. It's like dreams. They feel real at the time of dreaming. The brain accepts the lack of logic. And that acceptance, the surrender, is bliss. That's a dope line right there, I think. The brain accepts the lack of logic, and that acceptance, the surrender is bliss. I got a free write about that shit. Um, let's see what else. Everything is justified by priorities. We pretend not to see, and everyone is satisfied. Pretty true. Most of the time. Uh, to extinguish, this is another quote, to extinguish disappointment, we must first extinguish expectation. Interesting. Kind of the a morose way to look at it um so let's see in the dream okay so this is where i where i just give a bit of a synopsis of what it's about so it starts off with this like old dude or not old but like older older gentleman and in the dream that he he's having a dream he's like on a train car and then you know just like he mentions up there in like those quotes it's like dreams you know are never really logical but they make sense like while you're in them um he's like on a train and then he winds up looking outside of the train and uh it's a nice day then it starts snowing or something like that then he winds up getting off the train and he walks towards a mountain he's following like the string that he sees on the floor and then he you know pulls on the string and he gets to a subway station and in the subway station he winds up seeing you know, people from high school and people he used to work with and this person. And, you know, he it goes to the dreams of, um, you know, there's Brittany, the one that the one that got away. And there's Michael, the one that 
was always too busy to notice you. Oh, there's Tommy, your best friend that you haven't called in years, or you know, like shit like that. Um, he goes through um, like progressions uh, uh, in his mind or whatever. So then he looks up at the moon, and then he winds up being on the moon. And in the dream, he meets himself, but um, the younger version of himself. And then he winds up having a conversation with himself. And so I wrote here, in the dream, he meets himself, young and old, and has a convo. And the conversation goes like this. Me, an old man, standing in front of a child, a fresh mind against the experienced in a battle of heart. And then the the bitter old guy, he's like a bitter older man. <clears throat> and as you could probably tell by, well, that's my interpretation of it. But as you could probably tell by some of the, the quotes I read earlier. Um, which is him narrating it, by the way. Um, and Peter Older Guy says things like, Life is a long preparation for something that never happens. What a waste. And then the kid says stuff like, With no hope, there's no future. It is you that is the greatest disappointment of them all. You never reached out first to people. You always waited. Whether it was for friends or for love. Sometimes you have to give to get something back that's the what the little kid is telling the old man then the old man winds up killing the young man which i guess is kind of like symbolic of you know you do technically as you grow older you're you're kind of like killing your younger self you know and like metaphorically get into different shit and grow out of things and you know kill who you once were i guess um but then the, the old man kills the the young man, like, physically. They show it. He, like, chokes him to death. And, um... Oh, shit. I, I wrote that here. I didn't even notice. And I put in parentheses, kind of happens with aging in general, which is what I just said. Um, and it ends with, Lawrence was right. One can never be free. However, replacing disappointment with regret and embracing fear can be a tolerable change at least for a while and i don't know that should just resonate so much with me like the whole thing and like those different quotes and stuff like that so like i said if the audio came out decent and you know it's listenable uh, i'm gonna drop it in right now let me actually just jot down the time on the mp3 recorder
familiarity, strangeness, and the place in between. The uncertainty and hesitation of trust. Amusing how this is the only place which will not dissatisfy. There are no expectations to meet, no real fears to encounter. I enjoy this place. It's like dreams. They feel real at the time of dreaming. The brain accepts the lack of logic. And that acceptance, the surrender is bliss. but he's conquered this land for us. She abandoned her child, but she's found the cure for us. They murdered families, but they won the war for us. Everything is justified by priorities. We pretend not to see, and everyone is satisfied. And then you see something long forgotten, something that was pushed down so deep inside, smothered with oblivion. Suddenly you remember. I know you. I know all of you. Scott, who did not invite you to his birthday party. Robert, best friend, copied your homework every Monday. Anne, too busy to care. Franklin, too important to remember you. And of course you, my darling. The one that walked away.
you? Me, an old man standing in front of a child, a fresh mind against the experienced in a battle of heart. And the young can curse the old. How predictable. The old simply... ...disposes of hope. That is, after all, what children are, aren't they? Hope. Life is a long preparation for something that never happens. What a waste. With no hope, there is no future. Oh, stop with this idealistic nonsense. I had 70 years to think about it. No, you stop. Can't you see? All you have is me, because you smothered everything and everyone else, when it is you who is the greatest disappointment to them all. We all are. But you the most. You never reached out first to people. You always waited, whether it was for friends or love. Sometimes you have to give to get something back. You just... <laughs> Lawrence was right. One can never be free. However, replacing disappointment with regret and embracing fear can be a tolerable change. At least for a while. If you don't hear it, right now literally after i just said that then uh that means that it didn't sound good and i apologize but uh, i tried you know what else can i do and if you guys want to check it out i'm not sure how you find short films i'm sure well, i'm not sure but you know check out like vimeo maybe you could purchase it you know fucking amazon it or you know utorrents and shit like that See if you guys can find it. I recommend it. It's a film, again, by Anna Stefaniak. S-T-E-F-A-N-I-A-K. And it's called Feelings of Longing. Semicolon. About a dream. And I hope you guys enjoy it. So going back to what else I did on the plane. The... Oh, for breakfast. I had a breakfast smoothie, which was fucking banging i have no idea what was in it i should have asked it was fucking delicious so i mean it was so good that it had to be bad for you but i don't know it, it would taste like fresh fruits and like oatmeal like mixed together or i don't know what the fuck but it was really good um really good fuck i liked it a lot um i also had fresh fruit and a croissant and then scrambled eggs with hash browns ham and sausage so it was a pretty dope breakfast. Um, they lost my luggage. Which motherfuckers. I had 
Uh, well, it didn't turn out to be that bad at all, actually. But, you know, in the moment, I was like, oh, fuck. Because last trip, it happened to one of my coworkers. They lost her bag. She didn't get it. You know, they didn't find it. She didn't get it for, like, almost, almost like, three or four days or something like that. Like, almost a, a full week. It took it to actually get it delivered to the hotel. And I wound up checking in three bags this time. Because I, I brought a bunch of shit for the, like, the people here. Um, that other coworker sent, and that I brought also myself. Um, and so I had three uh, three bags as opposed to two that I had last time. Well, last time I just checked in one, and I had one carry on. Um, this time I checked in two bags and my carry on bag. I checked in also because they allow you that perk apparently in uh, business class. You could check in like up to three bags and seventy pounds each instead of fifty pounds each, which is another another plus. Um, and that was the same in all three all three airlines. Um, so the stewardess comes up to me, and she says, uh, "You know, when you when you get off, um, we've been notified that you have to." And she came up to me and to another dude and told us the same thing. So I was eavesdropping on their conversation to see what it was about. Um, she said, "You have to you have to see my my colleagues um, with the baggage. Um, apparently, there's some sort of issue with your baggage." And I asked her. Uh, you know, is there like a problem with the bags or did they lose my bags? And she was like, she's not sure and she's sorry, she apologizes, but you know, the baggage guy will have more information. So then I'm thinking, I'm like, fuck, like I didn't go through the shit that my coworkers sent, but I wonder what the fuck they sent. You know, maybe they're, you know, picked up something in the scan or some shit and they want me to open the bags and or whatever. And then, then I'm like, oh, but what if it's just that they lost my bag? And I'm like, fuck, I'm trying to remember like what was in each bag. Um, like off the top of my head and then you know it's a complete waste of like thinking i guess because how the fuck can you remember um and especially me because i like mixed things in every bag which turned out to be helpful but um like a little of everything like work clothes were in every bag you know shoes were in two bags of the three sneakers were in two bags of the three um, leisure clothes were in two bags of the three, you know, like all that type of shit. Uh, I'm sorry, in all, th- uh, in all three bags, like leisure clothes and shit like that. Um, so then when I get out, the baggage attendant guy is there, like at the door, and I'm like, you know, like damn, <laughs> fucking either something big or something like, or it's good service. Um, so he's there, and he has a clipboard with my name on it, and then he tells me that they lost all three of my bags. Um, or not that they lost, that they, that they, uh, actually, yeah, he told me that they lost all three of the bags. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, okay, fuck. Um, cause I chose not to carry, um, not to carry a carry on with, you know, extra clothes in it as you should when you travel, just in case this type of shit happens because of the fact that I, my coworkers, two of my coworkers came like a week before me and they told me that, you know, the airport in London is a mess. You got to take a bus and you got to, you know, it's super huge and this and that or whatever. So like, fuck it, let me just check in all my bags and I'll just carry like my book bag with, you know, my personal shit in it. Um, and that's what I did. So I'm like, fuck, that shit came to bite me in the ass because now I literally don't have anything except the clothes on my back that I've been wearing for fucking almost 24 hours already. Um... And then the guy tells me, tells me that, you know, when I go through customs and stuff like that, I go to, like, the little booth for British Airways and um, the baggage booth, and, you know, there I could fill out my forms and whatever I need to do. So I'm like, all right. 
I go there, you know, I get through customs and all that shit, and I get to the little booth, and the guy tells me that two of my bags are there, and one of them um, was left in London, but that they have it, they just left it in London. Um, so it was awesome. I was like, all right, I got two out of three bags. I'm pretty sure within the two, I have everything I need, especially for, um, you know, a, a couple of days. And according to the guy, I was going to get my bag the next day anyway, with the next flight that came in. Um, uh, I just didn't believe him because for my coworker, they told her the same shit and she didn't get it for like upwards of a week, um, almost a week. So I was pretty much expecting the worst, but whatever. Uh, I had two of the three bags, definitely much better than not having all three bags. And, uh, you know, he gave me the expectation of, of getting it the next day anyway, so whatever. That was, so that was part of the travel experience. I did get to the hotel. I had every single thing that I needed for probably the entire trip, uh, enough for the entire trip, except for boxers. So I, um... I had to go to like a local like mall over here, not too far from here, and I went and bought like a two pack of boxers, and which weren't that good by the way. I'm like picky with fucking underwear and shit, like those like cottony type of fucking boxers, and these weren't. These were like l- like the linen-y or polyester or whatever the fuck material it is kind. Um, what I do like about them is that they are they had pockets. Um, they like boxers, but not pockets. One pocket like in the back like a like a back pants pocket kind of thing like with a little button like you would have like on pj pants um which are, was interesting I, I, I like that part of it but you know they weren't great and then like they gave me like a claim form and you know i could check up the luggage online when i got to the hotel i asked them if you know i gave them the information i asked them to make a copy i asked them if they could call and like stay on top of it also make sure they deliver it um, they said that they would, and I got my bag the next day, like the airline said. So no complaints in terms of that, and, you know, shit happens. And I had all my shit, and I was good to go. Um, what else? Uh, oh, I also, like, before before descending, probably, like, uh, 45 minutes to half hour before, they have a bunch of audiobooks also uh, available that you, that you could listen to, which I hadn't fucked with before. Um, cause in the last flight I, I like just OD'd on movies and saw like, like, well, like four movies or something like that. Um, uh, last time I came to India rather the, this time, you know, like I guess I watched the, those short films and then before ending the trip, I, I put on, uh, the audiobook for Chicken Soup for the Soul, which I had never read it again. It was like one of those. Casablanca was like a movie that you always hear about, like a, a classic, but that I hadn't seen. So I checked that off the the bucket list and uh, did, you know, same type of thing with Chicken Soup for the Soul. Um, and I wrote one quote from it, which is, start with what you know and more will be revealed. And that's from one of the stories of Chicken Soup for the Soul. So it's broken up into, from what I got from it, I just listened to it for like half hour. I got a bunch of like collections of different stories of different people's experiences and dealing with different different issues and how they like overcame them and you know you can get you know some some insight and like like positive um i don't know like tips like from them 
and that was one that, that I liked from the ones that I listened to, which was, again, start with what you know and more will be revealed. And that's kind of how I feel. Um, it's kind of in line with like my little catchphrase quote thing at the end uh, of each of these podcasts, which is uh, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams because of that because you know start with what you know meaning whatever you know you know don't think that you have to you know have a phd within a certain field or something like that in order to to pursue it um start with whatever the fuck you know and as you do it um more will be revealed uh, like it says here in this quote so as you do it as you you know you're gonna learn from how you do it just like writing for me just like podcasting um you know just by walking towards the the general direction of whatever the fuck it is that you want to do you you start figuring figuring it out you know you're in it you got to be in it to figure shit out i guess so just i like that that quote and right so that's pretty much it in terms of the flight and traveling and stuff like that aside from that let's see what i have here in the hotel okay not so much more actually um, in terms of notes, okay, not bad. And we're at about almost an hour here. All right. Um, sorry, what do you know? Losing three bags, then just one. Okay, so check this out. Um, the very first weekend that I'm here, see, you know, I'm, my my body's all fucking fucked up, all thrown off. I mean, I've been here two weeks and it's still, like, not, it's still, like, out of whack in terms of, like, timing because, um, um, I still have to work New York hours, but New York New York hours, you know, like nine. Well, I'm working like eight in the morning to six p.m. at night, New York hours. But over here, that translates to uh, five thirty p.m. at night to three thirty in the morning. So by the time I get to the hotel, which is an hour away, like at four thirty five o'clock in the morning, um, you know, the sun's starting to come out. It's fucking daytime. You're trying to fall asleep and wind down from from the day. And you know, of course, you can make your the room, you know, pitch black dark, which is helpful, obviously, but your your body's still out of whack. Your body knows it's fucking daytime. Um, you can't, like, trick it, like, in psychological sense, I guess. And plus, on the weekends, you know, we barely sleep because we come home at around that time, 5 o'clock in the morning, like on a Friday, and you want to fucking go out and do shit so you gotta sleep three or four hours and then get up and go do shit and spend all day doing stuff and then at night you wanna go out too and you know so um to tetra nochea which you know throws your body off even that much more and to then you know cycle back the following Monday to do the same shit again so whatever my body's still all fucked up so especially after fucking what's it 24 hours of fucking flying being in airports um so so i'm uh in the hotel room you know just resting sleeping you know finally finally get to to knock out i don't even know what fucking time it is sometime like like i get to the hotel at like i don't know by the time i did like all the baggage shit and the slips and the paperwork and the hotel's like uh, 45 minutes from the airport I did uh, I don't know I don't remember what time it was eight, 7, 8 in the morning something like that um, so whatever I'm sleeping all day 
and I wake up to a phone call. Remember, I'm a fucking super deep sleeper. Uh, the phone's ringing. Apparently, it's ringing for a while. I didn't pick up. I go to finally grab it, and it's you know nobody's there because they hung up. Then I hear like in loudspeakers, like in the hallway. Um, evacuate the building, evacuate the building, like, fucking emergency fucking shit, right, like, run out, so I'm like, oh, fuck, there's, like, a fire or something, or, or you know, what the fuck, I wake up, <laughs> just wake up, I'm all disoriented, all fucked up, uh, thinking, like, what the fuck is going on, so I literally, I grab my, my phones, I grab my money, and I run out the door, and I see, like, little stickies on each of the doors, like, on my floor, <laughs> that, that say, out 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 so you know i interpret that as okay they got the they got those people out of their rooms basically and you know it's like the alarm is sounding it's like evacuate the building evacuate the building blah 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 and i just fucking go to the the emergency exit stairs i'm on the seventh floor here so run down i exit the building i walk outside i see you know a whole bunch of people outside um and then i notice that it's all employees only like you know with the hotel uniforms and stuff like that and you know i just sit there one of the girls that recognize you from the last trip um uh it comes over to me like i sit down i'm you know still a little bit disoriented like trying to figure out like what the fuck there's like a fire truck there they're like shooting water something there is a fire still um you know your mind's fucking with you I fuck, i'm fucking like smelling smoke all types of shit <laughs> that wasn't even there and um and then I, I'm, like, looking around, and I'm like, yeah, where the fuck are all the, like, guests, you know, of, like, of the hotel? Like, it's literally everybody who's outside has a hotel uniform on. And then one of the girls comes over to me, and she's like, man, my flight was, where, blah, 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 small talk. And I'm like, all right, um, like, where's everybody? <laughs> like, what's going on? And and she was like, oh, no, this is just, um, we do this every, every like, six months to a year. It's just for the employees um, to practice in case of an emergency. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, um... And then in my head, I'm like, how fucking elaborate are they doing it? You know, with the actual fire department here that's shooting water at the building. And, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, I understand, like, the fire drill type of shit. But that seems, like, a little bit over the top. And then I'm thinking to myself, and I'm, I'm over here thinking that there's actual, like, I'm actually, like, smelling fire and shit. <laughs> and whatever. Then I find out from my coworkers who had, again, had been here for a week uh, prior to me uh, getting here that they all got, that all the guests got notices the night before about the fire drill and you know instructing them that they don't have to partake and it's just for the for the employees and you know to you know apologizing whatever but it's something that they have to do i never got that notice obviously because i checked in like the morning of and at like seven something in the morning so that's why that happened to me and that was interesting and i felt like sharing that with you guys um what else? All right, so now uh, the trip in general, the you know not like work stuff, just like all the other cool shit, just like last time. Um, I'm here for less time, obviously, so I got to do. Uh, well, see, seemingly I, I feel like last time I did like all the touristy shit, right? Like all the, you guys have seen the pictures if you check out my Instagram at Spun Today or. Um, facebook.com forward slash spun today like you know like their version of Statue of Liberty like you know their towers their fucking forts and again I go in 
grave detail about each place um, in the other two podcasts that I did about my first trip to India, which is India Part 1, India Part 2, and this will be, this episode will be dubbed India Part 3. Um, so if you want to check those out, you know, feel free. So it's all like touristy shit. So imagine, you know, going to New York, seeing the Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building, Times Square, like shit like that. It's a certain aspect of, of, you know, New York in that context or like India, um, you know, seeing all those uh, touristy things. But it's not, it's not like that genuine, like real feel of like the country and, 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 um, yeah, like the actual country. Um, this time I did like less of the touristy stuff. I literally went to one of the places that I went to last time because, you know, there's like a, a shopping like area there for bangles, which is you know, like those Indian shiny like bracelet things that Indian chicks wear, um, which they're like famous for in like that part of of India. So we went there and um, that's pretty much it in terms of like the touristy shit. Everything else was all new and we, like, I felt like, I enjoyed this trip more because we got more of that like authentic like Indian-ness, you know what I mean? It wasn't just like hotel and touristy spots, um, which was the bulk of it last time. Uh, this time, like, we had a driver that would take different routes, like, going to and from work. He would, you know, stop and show us different things. He was super cool driver, fucking uh, Latif. Um, dope dude, you know, he was always, you know, he was on call fucking literally 24-7. Um, took us anywhere, picked us up at any time. Um, took us to the illest fucking places, which I'm going to get into a little bit later. Um, but it was just, like, that type of, like, we had, like, more authenticity like more like authentic like india this time you know what i mean which was really cool um the we for example like we were we went to um oh we went to one other place called uh shilparamam which was where we did like our souvenir shopping and stuff like that so we went there as well that was the only other place that i had gone to last time that uh, we went to again this time and then like well while driving around like we wanted to go have coffee and you know i'm thinking like you know a little not starbucks but fucking like a little you know like a dunkin not necessarily like brand name i mean like dunkin donuts but you know like a little fucking shop that we just stop grab some coffee he takes us to this super cool trendy ass fucking place called mocha and it's like you walk in it's it it has like a like a hard rock cafe type of vibe but not like douchey you know what i mean like it has like uh you know it's decorated like in that type of like trendy type of way with like couches and lamps and you know different types of of styles and decors and like guitars on the wall and different instruments and and like a dope looking place like that and it was loungy and and like dark but not too dark and and it was cool it was like colorful you know it was red and blue and yellow and had like coffee fucking cups like on the wall and it was like super cool design i'll post some of those pictures also um and we went there like we stopped for coffee and wound up being there for like an hour and a half and we had coffee we had some um hookah um which I, i've had before um it's not not really my thing but i got a little bit more into it during this trip i had it like probably like three or four times um because uh, one of my coworkers is like really into it, uh, like on an OD level, and whatever you know, went in Rome. Um, 
and you know we had hookah we had some you know like finger foods and it, it was just like a dope spot you know what i mean just like like we really enjoyed it uh, it wasn't what we were expecting and it exceeded our expectations um so it was like cool stuff like that that like made this trip i think like more like memorable for me and and interesting and <laughs> what i wrote down about that place was uh like we were with one of the one of our coworkers from here that work in India and uh kind of like as a not a guide cuz like the driver would take us anywhere but he wouldn't go with us like in anywhere um we actually made him the other day but I'll get to that one um but uh like the people from work here like always offered to like go out with us sometimes you know it's cool um and then sometimes you know either we just want to be alone or we don't want to hassle you know what i mean like burden them or whatever um but yeah sometimes we just don't want to chill with fucking with other coworkers and shit and just do our own thing and but yeah you know it's definitely cool when when they do come out the so we're there and you know like those really conservative like muslim uh chicks that wear like those ninja outfits like all in black that all you could see is their eyes um so we're in this place and you know it's literally us four are there um we have like this little lounge couch area then there's uh three other couples there um and it's a big place so we're not like on top of each other it's like a really big space has like different rooms um you know these two couples are you know like cuddling on the couch just you know talking and um another two are just like eating and drinking coffee and hookah and like stuff like that so then in walk in these two muslim girls like in the ninja outfits and um you know the impression of them is you know the super conservative and fucking whatever and they're just there chilling smoking hookah <laughs> like these young and you can tell you know it's like a younger generation like they look i mean i don't know much you could tell from eyes but they look like young chicks um and it was funny cuz then the lady that we were with the coworker she's like super conservative she's not like muslim but she's like you know super like uh conservative woman and she was like so like taken aback like by that and and she was like telling us how um that if their parents knew that they were there like doing that that they would literally be disowned and like kicked out of their house and like shit like that um so much respect to, to those two muslim ninjas for uh you know doing what they want to do and yeah i just thought that was funny and interesting and weird to see you know cuz it was a little like off with what you expect um that's why you can't judge a book by its cover though right what else what else what else what else okay so a couple other things to mention here about the trip one is cricket i finally got to play cricket uh definitely post pictures and videos of that the uh if you guys remember last time all right last time we were supposed to play cricket cuz the like super big here in india obviously for those of you that don't know um like sports channels i say if there's 10 sports channels literally on nine of them they'll be fucking cricket all day every day like everybody at work like all the guys like they're into it, even some of the girls are into it um and they literally have like a little field within like the complex of where the where the job is um and they go on fridays almost every single friday after work cuz again we you know friday after work is really saturday morning um we get out like at 
uh, you know, if they get out like at 4, 30, 5, 5.30 in the morning, they wait, wait around, chill for like an hour till the sun starts coming up and they play cricket till like eight in the morning and then go home. Um, we wanted, we planned to do that last time I was here. And it started raining. Um, if you guys remember from the other episode. Um, so before going to work, I, you know, open up the curtains and see that it's fucking like, dre- like thunderstorm drenched, like raining. Um, so I didn't even take like shorts and sneakers and shit like that. I just went in like regular work attire. And while I was there, they were like, uh, this is last time. Um, they were like, um, you know, are you looking forward to it? We're looking forward to play with you or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I think they're joking. But other people keep coming up to me and asking me. And I'm like, I tell, I tell one of them, I was like, yo, are these guys serious? Or they're just like, you know, making a sarcastic joke? Or like, what's the deal? And they were like, no, we're still playing. And I'm like, you guys fucking nuts? Like in the fucking like rain, mud, fucking like weather they, they were like still down to play like that's how hardcore they are um about their their cricket and i wanted the experience of it you know cricket in india you know of course but n- not that badly so <laughs> i didn't i didn't partake but this time thankfully it was it actually rained a little bit during the day um or during like the evening or whatever but by the time we got out it wasn't raining anymore the field wasn't wasn't like muddy or anything and it wound up raining literally like when we finished like it started like drizzling and then wound up raining but the whole cricket experience was super cool had a great time i tried to be like as present as possible and like really in the moment and enjoy it and um i was into it you know trying to learn the rules as i as i went similar to baseball but uh you know obviously with some obvious differences and um I like every member of the of the defense gets to pitch or bowl as they call it. They call it bowling, and what we would call pitching in baseball. And um, I got two wickets in ball uh, while I was bowling, which apparently was really good. I got a bunch of high fives for that. That that's um, if you guys ever seen like a cricket field, there's a batsman, which is the batter, and right behind them there's three sticks sticking out in the dirt. The bowler, which is the pitcher, is trying to hit the sticks, and when he does, that's when the person is out. So if he hits one stick, the person is out. If he hits two sticks, it counts as two outs, um, and like that. That's how you get the person out. Or if the person you know hits like a pop up and and one of the fielders catches it, then that's an out as well. Um, and I got two wickets um, by you know pitching my uh uh dominican pedro martinez summoning up the uh pedro martinez inside of me and uh pitching and knocking down like two of the sticks so it was supposed a big deal i don't know how big of a deal it is but it was like really good and uh hitting wise i got 14 runs which isn't you know like one by one as as it is in baseball um so it's not as impressive as it sounds um, but uh, I guess it was pretty good because uh, we won, the team won, with a total of uh, eighty, like eighty points or something like that. Uh, Fourteen of which were my contribution, and they were like, um, like with one hit was like considered a home run, so that's six points, and then the other hits were considered four points, and there's six, four, and either three or two, I forget which. Um, depending on like how far it goes or something like that if it stays in the infield it's like two or three points if it rolls out to the outfield it's four points and if it goes over the fence and or over the boundary or rolls out to the boundary without anybody 
like touching it or fielding it, then it's also six points or some shit like that. Either way, it added up to 14 points. And of course, none of none of it would matter if the team did not win and the team did win. So we had an awesome time, super dope. And then we ended it with, with um, oh yeah, and this is like a weird dream I gotta tell you guys about. We ended it with um, something that they've been telling me about, like a drink from last time, from like the last trip that I wanted, that they told me about, it sounded interesting. It sounded like ayahuasca-ish like kind of um because they said it was like they described it as like something that like fucks you up like in terms of like like liquor wise like that gets you drunk was the the term they they use but there's no alcohol in it and it's from a tree so i'm thinking like you know like weedish or or ayahuasca like how i've heard it described like that type of shit but it's a like a drink and it's called white water what's called kalu k-a-l-l-u and also known as uh, white water. So, uh, yeah, they played it up since like last time or whatever. I didn't get to try it last time because we couldn't find it or something like that. And like the way they describe it, like kind of made it seem like more than what it is after I like Googled it to see what the fuck it was. Um, but it's interesting. Um, it's like they said, like I was, you know, trying to ask about it. I was like, what do you get like? like do you feel drunk when you drink it do you get like is it like psychedelicish? like you know what i mean like they were kind of like vague about it but like oh you're gonna try white water oh, oh and it's like you know like what the fuck is to deal with this shit um and they were like you know it could you know depending on what time it's like from a fruit um call it from a kalu tree and or the fruit is called kalu and it's depending the time of day according to them depending the time of day that you take the juice or the sap out of the tree or the juice out of the fruit or however the fuck it works um the later it is in the day the more psychoactive effect it has or something like that but there's no alcohol in it it's it's whatever it just fucks you up in some way and um whatever it's supposed to be this big deal so they finally got it um, one of the guys missed cricket to go look for it um and he made it like just in time like we, we were ready to bounce probably like half hour before but he had already found it he was on his way and it's something that you have to drink um within like two hours of it being pulled from the tree because if not it goes like sour and rotten and supposedly it like fucks you up like in a like in a like getting you sick kind of way like sick to your stomach i guess or something like that um so you know he got there he had like two bottles of it two like big like liter bottles of it and like we all like shared it and stuff like that and you know since they played it up so much and i'm the type to not not like like to od with shit anyway um i had some of it definitely not not a lot of it at all and i uh like i didn't really have like any effects to it you know the taste was like weird it tastes like something like um something called like guarapo um, it has like a like a bittery, bittery kind of appley taste to it, um, but like little like cheesy if that makes sense. I don't know. It's like a weird you know, a weird scent. A weird. It looks white. It looks like milk kind of, but like watered down milk. Um, that's what, why they call it white water. Um, and whatever from according to Google, uh, Wikipedia, it's a. Uh, I'll read this real quick. It's the white liquid that initially collects tends to be very sweet and non-alcoholic. 
In India, palm wine, or tari, so I guess that's what it is, is served as either nira or padaneer. A sweet form is called kalu, and is usually drunk soon after fermentation by the end of day, as it becomes like more sour as the day goes on or some shit like that. Um, so that's what it is, palm wine, whatever that is. Because I hadn't heard of that before either. Um... So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know they were drinking too much from it, um, especially since they were fucking scaring me like a sip was going to, you know, change my world. And um, so I didn't want to fuck with it, like, too much. So I literally didn't feel shit while I drank it. Uh, but it was, you know, all part of the, 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 the experience, all part of, the, like, the charm of the, the whole trip, I guess. However, when I did get to the hotel room and i you know finally went to sleep um remember you know this is after a long ass day of work i'm tired fucking just played cricket for a couple hours it's like now like nine o'clock in the morning getting to the hotel um we actually had some breakfast because you know breakfast was, was being served um uh, downstairs so we were like you know before we go upstairs and crash let's have some breakfast then um uh, whatever, then we knock out, and then we'll hit each other up later to see what we're going to do that day. And um, so I did that when I finally went to sleep. I had, like, a really deep sleep, like I, I normally do, like, when I when I do sleep. Um, um, again, except here, because even here, like, I sleep, like, on and off, and I wake up and, like, shit like that. Um, but I had a really good, like, deep sleep. And then I woke up to the weird... I had the weirdest fucking dream, which I don't remember anything of it except for the ending of it. Um, and it woke... It was, like, those type of dreams that you wake up and you, like, bring some of the dream with you. Like, like, like a feeling from it or, like, a, like it just, like, sticks with you. Um, I had a dream that I was, like, about to cough up, like, some phlegm. Or, you know, like, when you cough and you, like, and, like, spit out some phlegm or whatever. Um, I coughed, like, I felt like I was coughing up something, like, so big that I literally coughed it out in my dream. And, like, I wanted to cough it, like, into my hand just because it felt, like, so weird and different. Like, it didn't feel like phlegm. Like, it felt like something was coming out of me. And I wanted to, you know, grab it. Um, and I literally cough it out. I catch it just like I, I was catching like a cricket ball. Um, and it was like that size. It was like the size of my palm. So it was like the size of a cricket ball. So I guess like that little connection came from, you know, just coming from playing cricket. But then I look at it and it's like all like phlegm and blood, like in the form of a ball. And I catch it in my hand. And then... Like, right there, I woke up, and then, like, I feel my throat. Like, I feel it. Like, like, like I felt like that came out of me. Like, physically. Like, I felt like, you know, like, when you throw up, and your throat is, like, kind of, like, scratchy and sore from, you know, the muscles are, like, tense and, like, stuff like that. Like, that's how it felt like. And that's what I mean by, you know, taking, like, a piece of the dream with you or whatever. Um, And that was weird as fuck. And then I think about... Or that made me think about like different like ayahuasca stories that I've heard, and 
um, and stuff like that of people that like take it and start like tripping balls and have like certain pains and ailments and um, have like experiences of like energy you know attacking like those areas where they have like ailments and pains and stuff like that and um and then you know waking up and not having the issue anymore or you know whether it's mind over matter or just like a complete mental thing or whatever but you know they manifest it like in their minds that way um and i attributed that to that you know it's a tree type of thing just like ayahuasca and a weird ass fucking dream and i been having like for months like this weird pain like in my chest um which comes and goes so i can't say you know this really is what happened or whatever if it fucking on some level like fixed it um but it was like one of those pains you know like when you bench press and you feel sore for a couple days i've had that and i barely go to the gym if you see me you know um so it's definitely not from bench pressing or push-ups or anything like that but i've had that pain probably like on and off for like a year um and uh, again it's on and off so you know i just haven't had it since like that dream which was what like a week ago um so i don't know yet but i just made for some reason like that connection in my mind from those other stories that i've heard uh, about ayahuasca and stuff like that and i it was interesting it was a really weird fucking dream though so just wanted to share that with you guys and that's my experience with Kalu, aka Whitewater. So a few more things um, before I wrap things up. Uh, I have a couple more notes here. Uh, I went to the gym more this time. I went like three times during this trip as opposed to last time when I only went once. Um, so that was pretty cool. I also enjoyed, I went to the pool. I only went once just like last time. Um, but this time, I think really enjoyed it. I went for like... Uh, like a long time to the pool i went for like a couple hours one day and like before work so it felt like good you know like i woke up early um and went to went to the pool and you know took a book with me took um, my headphones with me uh, i was reading uh the war of art again um reading some some of the passages in there and then um, listening to to podcasts, of course, and um, also music. And I actually, I was like really vibing with, because I was like laid out, like, and we got in the pool once, but I was pretty much just, just like laid out on like the pool chairs or whatever that they have there. <clears throat> I was like the only one there that was like two little kids. Um, and uh, I was just like zoned out and listening to music at one point and um i was listening to to biggie's um biggie and 112 uh sky's the limit uh, which i'll probably end this podcast with actually um and i was just like there you know looking up at the sky it was actually you know it's it's been cloudy because it's like rainy season here um but that day it was like it wasn't cloudy the sun was out it was like dope and i was listening to sky's the limit so it was like really fitting um and uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. So I enjoyed that. Um, what else? Mm, I went to. I did a fish pedicure. Went to. We went to one of the malls here. Um, 
they were doing fish pedicures. It's literally like a fish tank of, I don't even know what kind of fish, but I I think I've heard of it before, but I don't know like what the shit was about, supposedly. I'm sure it's um, uh, large part bullshit, but <laughs> supposedly um, like it's uh, good for like the little fish. They, you know, you, you dunk your feet pretty much in a fish tank full of, you know, like a few dozen of of these like little probably like three inch fish and they look like little eels or something and they literally they just start eating like all the like the dead skin like on your on your foot and on your feet and they call it the fish fish pedicure um so your skin does feel smoother afterwards they do like add some of the dead skin it feels really weird it feels like little tiny like electrical impulses kind of um, as they and like little tiny little mouths like sucking and like biting or whatever but it's not painful at all it's just like a weird slimy but you're in the water so kind of refreshing and you know interesting uh feeling and it's also supposedly good for like blood circulation um relaxation stress relief like and all that other stuff that you probably can't really measure um but whatever it was like like 150 rupees to do it um and why not? It would, which is like like two bucks or something like that, American. Um, and it was cool, something different. So I tried that. I um, uh, oh, something interesting. Interesting to note: there's a lot of they have like this yearly uh, festival for Ganesh, which is like the main god. Um, you know, he's like the elephant head with the like Goro arms or whatever, like four, six arms or whatever. And and they have this yearly festival where they literally take, they have this like 40, no, how much is that? Yeah, like 42 or 47, I forget the number, the exact number, but 47, let's say, uh, foot statue, 47 foot statue of Ganesh that they submerge in a specific lake here in this town in India. And they do it like throughout India. Um, and they, uh, they do this like once a year and it's like really interesting and they you know eventually they take it out of the water and shit and they clean it up and they use the same one to do it every year but there's a bunch of other ones like everywhere you go like there's other you know like throughout like the streets other like really huge statues of Ganesh I would say like you know 10 15 20 feet like high some smaller than others people driving around with them like in like pickup trucks and it's like a like a festival type of thing like they you know it's it's similar to like um like a pagua kind of they throw like powder on each other um which i have experienced like um in west indian communities back home um where they have like that pink powder all over them and and stuff like that and you know they have these ganesh statues that they're driving around with and you know drums in the street and and, like really festive really really interesting shit um and what else so that's going on like during this time it's like an 11 day thing and each day they do like a different offering or something like that and then on the 11th day they submerge that like 42 foot statue and just to give you guys a little bit of context like it's like in each town or whatever they have this like their own versions of right like this big Ganesh thing they prepare something like like a little sweet like it tastes like like cornmeal kind of um food it's like gold in color and mixed with like pink and green and it's like uh they put in Ganesh's hand on the first day like in all of these like idols all of these like statues they put it in his hands 
like the first day and then on the 11th day they consider it like blessed by the gods and to be food from the gods and they sell it to the highest bidder in the town like that that little package of that like cornmeal like sweet thing um and the people you know they bid on it and they purchase it because it's considered good luck and good fortune and like stuff like that and um just uh, again to give you guys a little bit of the context in one of the like the small towns that one of my um the guys that i work with here uh, lives in him and his family won the bid and they paid uh 47,000 rupees for it which is equivalent to to like 800 bucks or 750 bucks US um so that's just a, to give you an idea of like how they um how serious like they take like their uh culture in that sense and the festival and all that stuff and he was nice enough to my coworker to give me some of the like you know what him and his family bought like he brought some into the office to give to like uh, the people in his department and his close friends at work and and he gave me some which i had and uh hopefully ganesh if you're listening this translates into you know millions of downloads for the podcast and uh shitload of subscribers and stuff um <laughs> no i'm joking uh, but it was cool. It was an awesome gesture, and it was it was cool to be around here during that time, also to to witness, to witness that. Um, I think just two more things to mention before I wrap things up, and that is, I'm gonna save the the best for last. Um, second to last is let me see, cricket Kaluk, Vari Hills, fish pedicure, train ride. Okay, so we we oh a side note on the whole ganesh thing supposedly on the day of the of the submerging um the three like teenagers or something like drowned like grabbed and drowned like a older gentleman or whatever like in the same lake i don't know why or how or whatever i just read the headline of it on yahoo and that's fucked up but um aside from that everything else seemed like a positive experience um so we wanted us to uh, the plan was one one of the nights to take a train ride to uh, an area or like a little town that we were in like the day before or the weekend before I don't remember when to go to like a restaurant that that we went to like in the mall there and they had like this like pretty cool like arcade like Dave and Buster like type place in there that you know we just saw it but we didn't go in or whatever last time. And we were like, you know, let's um, let's take the train so we could experience, you know, the train or whatever uh, here in India, and and you know, go over there and you know, we'll do that and and call it a night. So that was the plan. We left. Um, you know, we're with one of the the coworkers that work here. Um, you know, because we don't know how to fucking take the train. Like we try asking like the driver, and he was telling us that you know some trains are like 10 hour rides to go to Delhi and that, um, you know, you know, we didn't really get the, the, the sense from him that it was kind of like those, you know, trains back home just come every fucking like 10 minutes and shit, subways and like stuff like that, or at least like the long on the railroad, um, which is what it kind of like turned out to be like on a, on a certain schedule, the train. So we went with, with him, one of our coworkers and, um, we took the train. It was like five stops, like a 20 minute ride. And, um, but we had to wait for the train, I think, probably like half an hour. Like when we got to the station, we waited for half an hour. And it was interesting because it's like an outdoor train station. 
like people are literally like crossing the tracks like to get to the other side of the platform instead of because they have like that you know you could walk up the stairs and then across like the little bridge on top and then down the stairs on the other side um but the people that don't want to i guess go up the stairs and take the extra fucking three minutes two minutes that it'll take to do so like literally just hop down onto the tracks and like cross over and like at least while we were there for that half hour like six different people did that so i guess it seems like a common thing um also aside from that the the like the trains that are coming like the doors are open on the trains it's not like you know ac fucking long on the barrel type shit like the doors are literally open people are like hanging out the door just like you know you guys i'm sure have seen like on pictures of like buses or whatever not just in india but even in dr and like stuff like that people like hop on and off like when they jump on and off but it's interesting to see that like on a train um actually have like a video of that like me by the door and like uh pictures and shit i'll probably post that as well um so that was pretty cool so it was a cool different experience like the train you know it was you know interesting so then anyway long story short we get to the train station that we wanted to get to and then we take one of the little rickshaws um to the mall um the rickshaws is like those little yellow tiki cab things that, that i like a lot um and we take the rickshaw the cat we ask him you know is the mall open or whatever you know it's like i think like 11 o'clock at night at this at this point and he says yeah and then we go and we ask first we find out what time the next train is or the last train is rather to go back home and they tell us that it's at two in the morning and we're like all right you know it gives us enough time to go eat you know chill um you know if we have time to check out that little arcade thing we will if not then you know we just come back and go home um go to the hotel and we take the rickshaw over there and the mall had closed like fucking two hours before or something like that it's fucking sunday it's the day of the ganesh festival which was by the way like a dry day in india meaning like no liquor anywhere um and we're like fuck so you know we it was like what 11 the next the next uh train train ride you know we take the wind up taking the rickshaw back we're like driving around to see if there's anything else open there's really not and then we just take the rickshaw back to the station we get there by what like closer to like midnight or whatever by the time you know we got to the mall and you know drove around a little bit and came back it was like around midnight and we had to wait literally till like fucking two in the morning for the train to come again mind you we hadn't eaten shit everything is closed (laughs) so um we're just there killing time in the train station there's like um you know it's not not crowded or anything like that there's like almost nobody there except us there was like one other there was like a homeless man there there was like some stray dogs that literally just walk in and out of the station and like sleep in in inside the station um what else there was a couple people outside and you know it's just pretty much fucking killing time hungry like literally nothing to do not no like tv or you know we're kind of on our phones kind of not and you know it's having to wait pretty much imagine two in the morning in any fucking train station uh until two in the morning in any fucking train station um for two hours while being hungry it just fucking sucked so we wound up getting eventually back to the hotel and just ordering room service and that's how we ended that night but it was still you know we didn't get to do exactly what we wanted to do but it was still a cool experience because we got again to experience you know the train and you know it's the local train of of the town and you know real fucking people and 
and experience the rickshaw and like just drive around a little bit more and see different shit which was which was dope which again was my my favorite part about this trip now lastly we went to this is a different night we go to um we're gonna go to like a uh like a lounge bar like type of place and we asked the driver who's been you know again always exceeded our expectations with anywhere we wanted to go to and you know even when we left it up to him to take us somewhere he would take us to like the dopest spots like one restaurant actually that we went to yesterday um uh just to go off on a quick tangent which i forgot to mention before is the place that we actually had him like come in with us to eat we went early like for lunch before going to work and he, t- he told us it was one of his favorite restaurants he knows the owner and he he goes there like with his family and stuff and he took us there he actually wound up treating us and like bought us bought us uh lunch and it was really good they it was a, a restaurant it's called the dine hall or the dining hall and the way it is you know like i mentioned to you guys before like everybody in india like eats with their hands and stuff um no real like utensils and shit um and supposedly that's just common like here in southern india supposedly northern india like delhi and stuff like that they use utensils and shit but whatever um so the way it works is you order the food it comes like in this you know you're in a you know big table of four people and it comes like in this big like aluminum um tray like round aluminum tray that takes up the entire table and all the food is there in the tray it's not like separate like dishes or anything so we had a portion of lamb which was really good really delicious we had some roti we had some uh butter naan we had some like uh um like roasted chicken which was banging we had um what else we had some fish i don't know what type of fish but it was pretty good not great but it was pretty good and then we had uh fried prawns which was fucking delicious super good i mean anything fried is usually good right but really fucking good and that was a cool experience you know we're there with you know it's a a restaurant in town like in the middle of a town that we hadn't seen before it's like on a second floor it's you know obviously all indian people around us and it's authentic indian food and you know it was really fucking delicious so it was it was like a real treat so really enjoyed that also anyway the driver always exceeds our expectations and stuff we told me we want to go to like a loungy like bar type of thing uh one of the nights and we go and this part sucked but it's like in hindsight it gives us it gave us like a like a like a nice a nice contrast to how the night ended so we first go to this place which is like you go in and it's just fucking smells like douchebag like we don't go into the place we go into like the parking lot of it which is where the entrance is and it's just like you know um like little uh, like rich kids but like the douchey ones you know you see bmws and jaguars and you know everybody like dressed to the nines and not to the nines but you know like you would if you go like clubbing or something in, in new york you know buying down shirt jeans you know nice sneakers or shoes you know the girls are all dressed up like stuff like that so whatever we get to the front like to the line and there's this like fucking cocky for nothing guy at the door and kind of like looking down on us like oh look at these foreigners or whatever the fuck which is just a bad business move on on my part because you know if you have something not exotic but you know something different you would want I think, I would think, to introduce that to your club, just to, like, call attention to it in some way. 
um, especially if it's somebody a tourist because you know tourists you know carry money with them you know so it's just bad business in my opinion but he tells me that literally there's people walking in in front of me um, and you know he's there and I'm like okay what's up and he says we're closed I'm like how are you closed if there's people literally walking in right there and then like the driver sees that he's giving like some sort of like resistance and the driver gets out of the car and then the guy the like before the driver approaches the guy says okay if you want to come in four thousand rupees to come in meanwhile nobody else is paying shit by the way and they're just walking in and he just told me that they're closed and i was like fuck this shit um so i just turned away from him i didn't want to go in i told my coworkers, you know what happened and shit and um like they were like oh fuck this hell no let's not go there whatever and so we bounced the driver's like you, you know offers to like speak to him and we're like nah fuck him like even if he did say yeah like you know he could suck a dick we're not gonna go in there um so then so that put like a little damper on the night and then we were just thinking about going back to the hotel and then the driver says no we'll go to one more place one more place and we're like all right fuck it you know might as well you know we changed and shit to go out so let's we'll go to the other place check it out if it's all right we stay for a little bit if not worst case scenario then whatever then we just go to the hotel at least we tried <clears throat> so then we go to this place and then you know we finally get there you know our mood is you know not not as bad anymore we start laughing about fucking the douchebags in the other place and then um we get we drive in and then right away and again it's like you know more of like a I don't know, like a rich kid kind of hangout, I guess you could call it. You know, you see, like, nice cars or whatever outside. But there's not that element of douchey that you could just fucking, like, sense. You know, there's a couple people outside that are super hospitable. Like, the people that work there, uh, they're like, right this way, sir. You know, go in, go in. You know, like, inviting us, you know? Like, you should fucking do it to to anyone, let alone, you know, uh, if you're running, like, a hospitality type of business. Um, So we go in, and the driver's like, this is secret place, secret place. And we're like, oh, cool, you know? Um, and then we walk in, but we're like, what is this? Because there's not too many people around. Um, it's outdoors. And, you know, we're just walking. It's, like, really, really huge. Because you, like, there's literally signs. Like, you're just walking for a while. And you're walking through, like, like you know, trees around you and some seats and some, you know, there's, like, a path that you're following. And then there's, like, little signs that say, um, uh, don't worry if your feet hurt. The, wa- the walk is worth worth you know the weight or whatever the fuck the walk is worth it like stuff like that so you like walking you know it's building up anticipation then you see like a there's a door to the left and we kind of like went in there to like check out like what it is it's like not a door but like a fence kind of in a doorway because remember everything is still like outdoors then we go in there and you know there's nobody there um but that's like a reception hall area where they have like weddings they have like a big they have like a big like wedding thing like gazebo thing like indoor and then outside as well and then you know we're walking there everything is you know decorated like super nice like i don't know bohemiany and moroccany or you know like weird like decor and like super cool like interesting there's a, a waterfall there there's um you know like this big reception area there's like stairs and it's like super cool so we see that but you know there's no people there because there's no like wedding going on or whatever then there's another door and then that's like a little like eating area there's like a couple people there and 
there's a like you know tables a couple couches there and then all right then we you know we check that out then we walk back on like that regular path that we were on first and we continue walking and you know it's going it's like declining like walking you know in a fucking decline you're like going down steps and then we get to another area that's like all like couches and lounging and it has like a little like tarp over it but you know you're still outdoors you're still like in the open air the view is fucking amazing it's because the whole place is like on a lake it's like overseeing a lake and um and just like lush greenery like all around um and it just looks dope from afar the fucking the moon is out it's like a clear night it's a full moon and the vibe is just dope you know people that pass by are like respectful and you know like nice and not like fucking assholes um then we continue walking and then there's like this uh like a little dance floor that's like outdoors and there's a bar and um uh there's a like a dj that's like up like on a higher like podium or whatever that has like a big like tv not tv like a big um like a movie theater size fucking like screen behind them with like lights and and like you know dj shit going on and and the vibe was just like so dope and like in that area is like where the like the most people were you know like next to the bar obviously and um but it was cool like it wasn't crowded like the vibe was cool it wasn't again like that like negative atmosphere negative vibe and like you could grab your drink and then just go like we we would go and we walk towards like the waterfall area and we were like by ourselves there like literally by ourselves um then you know walk to the other area where it has like the couches and um just chilled there and again it was it was like the perfect amount of like comfort perfect amount of privacy um mixed with just like that like elegant decor and um you know such a scenic you you know view like all around a lake a fucking you know just mad trees all around and you know it was just it, it was like the perfect way to end the night in an awesome way to um this is what i was saying about like the hindsight thing like to experience like that first uh douchey shit first and then cap the night off with that which is like the perfect like karmic balance to like the night and again that place was just super dope like i you know it was dark i took some pictures of it um but yeah they're not probably gonna come out like too great because it's dark uh you know how fucking like iphone cameras are like any you know phone camera at night so i'll try to post some of those but yeah that was like an epic fucking place favorite place that that i went to this trip was was that one and that's pretty much it guys i think i went through literally all my notes i'm glad i was able to get the entire podcast out before before uh flying back i have to go get ready for work go to work for half a day and then be in the fucking airport for in airport and planes for about 24 hours um this will be uploaded what's today let me see taste thursday october 1st here it's probably still wednesday back home or maybe earlier thursday morning but this episode is going to be out on october 8th which you guys will know uh because that's when you'll be listening to it or anytime thereafter and yeah that's pretty much it i'm gonna go out again like i said to 
the uh, Sky's the Limit song. Hope you guys enjoy it as much as I was enjoying it in that moment that I was in the pool and looking up at the sky. And I'll record an intro and outro to this shit when I get home. And catch you guys next time. Thanks. All right, folks, so that's the episode. Like I said, there are a couple stories that I left out of it. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, by the way. And, uh, you know, you hit, hit me up all the, all the normal ways. Uh, and uh, let me know what you think. So before I wrap things up, let me just tell you the, the other two stories. I mentioned in, I'm not sure if I mentioned in this in this episode, but I definitely mentioned it like before one of the, the big differences that I noticed was the driving. They drive like on the opposite side of the street that we do and the steering wheels are on the right hand side of the car. Um, the driver that we had this time, I know I mentioned that he was a super cool dude, took us to like awesome places and he actually let me drive uh, his car, which was a stick shift, which I, I love driving stick. I haven't uh, driven stick in a minute. Um, but, uh, growing up, like back in the day, I had, uh, uh, you know, went through my Fast and the Furious fucking wannabe phase and had, uh, an Integra, an Acura Integra and stick shift, of course. And it was my favorite car. I had, uh, what was it? 96 LS and which I wound up like fucking just pouring every single cent, uh, that, that I had into it. Uh, which you wind up doing with, with those uh, little rice burner cars, <laughs> we used to call them. And um, you wind up spending like three times with the amount of what the car is actually worth. But it's fun, you know, it's a, a stage in your life and shit. And um, I wound up like demolishing it in an accident, um, which is a story for another day. And then I, I you know, I continued working, saving up and bought, um, wound up getting a 95 GSR, uh, the same type of car. And... Um, you know, I still had like the La Fiebre of that shit, but whatever. Um, the uh, driver let me drive his car, which was thick, uh, like I said. And I really wanted to because um, aside from the fact that I just let, like driving stick shift, the steering wheel is on the right hand side. So uh, it would be, you know, a cool experience. When the fuck else am I going to be able to do that? So I asked him if I could and he was like, yeah, of course. And he let me drive. Um, and I drove for a little while and it was fucking, it was sick. It was dope the it's oddly it's oddly familiar even though the steering wheel is on the right hand side like you know the clutch is still like on the left foot um the brake is in the middle and the gas is on the right um i thought like that would be like inverted but it's not and also the shifter is uh the same exact positions like top left is first gear bottom left is second gear i thought that would be inverted also which would make it weird um but it's not and it's the same exact way, and it's oddly like like riding a bike, even though you know it's not something that I've done before in terms of driving on that side. But you know, just going through the shifts, the shift you know super smoothly, like surprisingly so to myself, and not to pat myself on the back. But I thought you know just you know I'm not a lefty, so I thought it was gonna be just fucking weird. Um, but I did you know surprisingly surprisingly well, surprisingly smooth. Uh, downshifted a couple times, and you know the whole nine. It was pretty pretty dope. And what else? The other thing that I wanted to mention was we... I think I mentioned one of my coworkers was, like, into to hookah. I didn't know there was, like, this whole, like, sub-culture sub, sub uh, culture of, like, uh, like, hookah enthusiasts. And, like, actual hookahs are considered, um, like, works of art. And people, like, collect them and 
there's some you know that they don't they collect you know just as like centerpieces and not even to like smoke out of and stuff like that um and it was pretty fascinating so i got into it a little bit while over there and uh we went looking for a cougars to buy and the driver took us to this like antique place which was you know had a, a bunch of cool shit but they had hookahs like for fucking like a thousand us dollars like some insane shit like that and we were like what the fuck and we left and then uh we told the driver we were like yo it was nice but you know crazy expensive shit and then we told him the price and the driver was like what he, he was like that's insane yo <laughs> the driver will end up taking us to and this is while we're like we asked him to pick us up like an hour early because we wanted to to do this um before going to work and um he wound up taking us to like the hood in india like somewhere like in the hood it was like a shady like area and um and we met up with this dude that had he has like this little stand like outside and then he had like five or six hookahs um a hookah with like a gun on it and and it was, it was interesting <laughs> it, was, it was it was an interesting place and it was like it's like the hood in india is not like you you get how how do, how would I say this? You get like the like the you get like the um like the poverty aspect like the poverty type griminess like in that that is like similar to like in DR like in certain areas where where I've been to um, but you don't get the like the scheming griminess aspect if that makes any sense like that you would get in fucking like the bronx or fucking brownsville or you know certain areas here and shit and like in dr actually i think you get like a little both you get like that poverty griminess but you also get like that scheming like sense of like people around you or whatever in india it was like it was a little different it was just like that poverty like griminess but you know you don't have a sense of like people around you like scheming or some shit so it was like uh whatever that's how it felt to me um so we were there and uh like the at first like we stayed in the car me and my two co-workers and um driver went like it was like in the middle of the block he went down to the guy and he was just bringing back like hookah after hookah he brought like three or four hookahs to show us <laughs> and um and then uh, he said it was like 15 it, it was wound up being like 15 or 20 dollars like per hookah and you know me you know, coming from a place that was like a thousand bucks or whatever i mean granted you know it's different but it was still like dope dope hookahs and um then we went back we wanted a little more i think we wanted like 25 dollars like after you do like the conversions and shit and then i went back with the driver um and my other two quirkers uh stayed in the car and i went to, to the guy and we were like speaking we negotiated down to to 1100 rupees which is around like that of 15 16 17 18 dollar mark around there and we ordered three um and they they were like i'm pretty sure they were all like stolen hookahs because like he had to like call some dude and see if he could get and then the driver had to come back later and um and because it wasn't like a hookah shop you know it was just like a stand outside and he sold like candy and you know looked like a little like a new stand here like type of thing um and he happened to have you know a couple hookahs and like guns on the wall and like <laughs> weird shit like that which i'm sure were fake guns but just like decoration or whatever um so a pretty interesting thing and then they they let us like try it so then where we go back to the car and then the driver come the driver stayed like speaking to the guy 
and I'm back to the car. Then the driver comes and he has like the hookah you know, that we're gonna get, and for us to actually try it. And then we were like just smoking hookah in the back of the in the back of the car. The driver has the door open, holding the hookah for us, and we're just like passing around the hookah, smoking in the middle of the hood in India, fucking in the back of the car before going to work. And that was pretty. It was pretty cool. Pretty interesting experience. And that was pretty much it. That was my uh, the two stories that I definitely wanted to mention. Um, I don't know how I left them out of the, the original recording. At least I think I did. Um, if not, then I guess you got to hear hear them twice. Um, and what else? All right, the plane ride back. Two things uh, to mention about that. I saw two quick things. Um, um, well, actually, one of the planes was like from London to New York. It was pretty cool. It was like the double like Decker thing um, on British Airways, and we got to sit like on the top, and I was literally like the first seat in front of the cockpit, and I took a picture of the cockpit which was pretty cool um, because, like, the door was open at that time. And that was pretty interesting. No, and I've never been on a plane that had, like, like, you know, stairs in it and shit. So it was pretty cool. I saw the Entourage movie, which was fucking dope. Really, really good. I really enjoyed the movie. I know it didn't um, do that good, like, in the box office. And, you know, Entourage is, like, one of those um, shows, I guess, you know, either you you loved it or you hated it type of thing. I was one of the, the people that loved it. Um, I thought it was a really good show, entertaining, um, and the movie was was dope. I really liked it, really enjoyed it. So if you guys haven't seen it, you know, definitely check it out. And I was also watching a couple of, I was cracking up and actually, uh, like recorded a couple of the clips on my phone. I was watching um, a couple episodes of The Fresh Prince, which is my all time favorite fucking, well, growing up, my all time favorite like show. It was between uh, Fresh Prince and Saved by the Bell was, like, my number two, which is whatever, the shit I was into when I was younger. But um, always makes me laugh. And I actually recorded two uh, clips, two classic clips of two episodes and on my cell phone. And so it sounds a little, little um, like you hear the background noise of the, uh, the plane and shit. But uh, here they are, if you want to take a listen. That's one of the clips right there, and here's the other one, which makes me laugh like crazy. It's just terrible. I'm ruined. I'll be kicked out of the glee club. I won't get into Princeton. I won't be admitted to the bar. Neither will I. The cops took my fake ID. Come on, man. Don't give me that my dog is dead face. Come on, let's sing. Not sing. When Israel was in Egypt land. 
just retarded. Come on, man, let it go. You'll feel better. Let my people go. Oh, press so hard they could not stand. Let my people go. And that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed my second experience to India. I, you know, just like with the other episodes, this was my attempt to give you guys like a behind the scenes and and you know, it's the type of podcast that I like listening to that make me feel like I'm uh, along for the ride and you know, like a fly on the wall like type of thing. And you know, hopefully, I did a good job of of explaining uh, my experience there to make you somewhat feel like like uh, uh, you came along. And that is the episode. Um, let me just uh, wrap up with some uh, like house cleaning stuff here. Uh, the questionnaire that's on my website, uh, spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Remember, it's for all like creative types and and you know it just something in general of like stuff that you're into. Uh, it's five questions. Uh, if you answer them, I'll read uh, read out your your responses on one of the next uh, free writing episodes of the podcast. And it's meant to, uh, you know, inspire others and, you know, give tips and tricks on, you know, how you, you know, get out of your own way and get yourself to to do whatever it is you're into, whether it's writing or painting or singing or whatever it is that you're into. So check that out at uh, sponsor.com forward slash questionnaire. Um, also, I am going to be setting up like all the like random pictures and stuff like that. I'm going to do another like a Facebook um uh what's it called like album just sort of like with random pictures of shit that i spoke about throughout the this episode it's gonna be on there so you guys can check that out um facebook.com forward slash spun today check that out like the facebook fan page uh follow me on amazon um amazon on uh what's it called twitter and instagram at spun today um if you'd like to support the podcast you can do so by going to my website and clicking on the affiliate links uh tab on top and you can click on the amazon banner and or the itunes banners and you know do your shopping like normal it doesn't cost you anything extra it takes you straight to those websites and they kick me back a small percentage of anything you purchase just for driving uh, traffic towards their website also like you guys know you can listen to all these podcasts on youtube um or on tumblr if that's what you're into and you can do so by just go to my website at the bottom. There's like links to YouTube and, and uh, Tumblr and shit like that. And what else? Subscribe to my newsletter. Um, uh, that'll, you know, uh, pretty much just let you know, like when a new podcast episode is out and, and shit like that. Or when a new uh, short story is posted to the site. And um, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, remember, I am ending this episode with the song uh sky's the limit um by biggie and um featuring 112 it's uh the song that i mentioned during the episode that i was listening to while i was at the pool at the hotel and kind of get you in like a feel good type of positive sky's the limit type of mood so enjoy it 
And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. Baby, look at me. Mama love you. And I know you ain't no little boy no more, but you always be my baby. It seems like only yesterday I was holding you in my arms. Now look at you now, big man. But I worry about you. I worry about you all the time. Hanging out on the corner all times of night with the crew of people. Baby, that ain't nothing but trouble. I always taught you that you could have whatever you dream. Well, I want you to hold on to that dream, baby. Hold on to it real tight. Because the sky's the limit. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing tonight? All right. I'd like to welcome All to the right. stage the lyrically acclaimed. Woo. I like this young man because when he came out, he came out with the phrase. He went from ashy to classy. Right. I like that. So everybody in the house, give a warm round of applause for the notorious B.I.G. The notorious B.I.G. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for him, y'all. Uh. A nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leads. Besides that, the pinstripes in the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh-huh. You wanna see the inside? Huh? I see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow! Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. Here come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try, so we roll with them. Uh, stole with them, I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch. 88, Oscars and blue and white duck. Ask Sky is the limit, and you know that you keep on. Just keep on pressing on. Sky is the Realizing to 
master enterprise and I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections, drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately, Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, my corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hands. Get my daughter this college plan so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the phrase, sky's the limit. Motherfucker, see who trumps on top. Yeah. Sky is the limit.